on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. Welcome in, and not one full hour of nothing but Milwaukee Brewers talk. Glad to be with you tonight. Taking you till 9 o'clock, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. If you want to get in, Brewers are off tonight, back at tomorrow as they continue this three-city road trip. They are headed to San Francisco to open up a series against the Giants. Giants have struggled this year but they're playing a little bit better baseball. Seems like the Brewers keep hitting teams that are not very good, but are playing their best of the year. That's what just happened with the Marlins. The Marlins have kind of sunk back since that series, and now they're going into San Francisco. Giants aren't playing great baseball, but they're playing a little better here recently than they had been for most of the season. Here's what we got coming up on the program this week. I want to talk about the starting pitching situation. We are going to uh, have one of our new segments going deep a little bit after uh, 8.30, and we're going to break down the seven different pitchers that are candidates right now to be in the starting rotation and figure out which five should be there. And there are some easy answers, and there are some not-so-easy answers, so we're going to do that coming up in just a little bit. Also, there's a lot of criticism of Major League Baseball with the current competitive climate, and that is also connected to the current financial climate, where there's not a lot of money being thrown around to kind of that mid-level player. You've got the stars, the big-time players, the Manny Machados, the Bryce Harpers, who are getting big-time contracts, but then that next tier of guy doesn't seem to be getting the big money where teams, especially teams that are not expected to contend this year, are fine just having young in uh, young, uh, cheap players, for lack of a better term, uh, go ahead and uh, just be there, and they don't have to worry about spending any sort of big money. While that is a problem for baseball overall, I actually think the Brewers have taken advantage of the current climate, and it's been able to help them out, specifically with two players who are doing some big things. So we'll get into that coming up later on in the program as well. But as we do get things started, this is something we're going to do at the beginning of every program moving forward. Our three up, three down, where we will look at the current state of the Brewers and look at three items that are trending in the correct, in the good direction, and three items that are trending in the not-so-good direction as we uh, jump off our conversation of the Brewers today. Let's start with three up. All of a sudden, Milwaukee has their own version of of the Bash Brothers, the Milwaukee Bash Brothers, the California Strong version of the Bash Brothers. As you look at what's going on right now with Christian Yelich and Mike Moustakis, we knew what Yelich could do coming off an MVP season, and it doesn't seem like he has taken any sort of step back. Yelich right now is hitting 345 to go along with a major league leading 25 home runs. His OPS is close to 1,200. It is absolutely incredible. We thought that when they brought back Mike Moustakis, that they would get good production from him, that it would shore up the lineup a little bit, that maybe he would be kind of the guy he was when the Brewers acquired him last year. He is that and more. 
He's hitting for average. He's at 278 right now, 21 home runs and 45 RBIs. And when you really break that down, Moustakis is number three in the National League in home runs. Only uh, Pete Alonso from the New York Mets have more home runs other than Christian Yelich than Mike Moustakis. The power that is being shown right now from those two is absolutely incredible. Travis Shaw, is he having a resurgence? That might be a little bit strong, but we are seeing a little bit better production from Travis Shaw, at least for uh, at least for now. And if you listen to me very often, you know that I certainly talk about uh, small sample size. And absolutely, what we're seeing right now with Travis Shaw is a small sample size. But as much as he struggled before he got injured and went down to uh, AAA San Antonio and then was able to uh, work on some things there, it does seem like the numbers are coming around a little bit. Now, I'm going to spin the numbers a little bit, and and I'm not trying to do that to uh, boost up what he's done, but yesterday against a Justin Verlander who was just absolutely incredible and had a career-high 15 strikeouts, Travis Shaw had a rough night. He went 0-6 for with four strikeouts. When you've played as few games as Shaw has played since coming back, that sort of performance is really going to skew the numbers. So I'm telling you what I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm not including yesterday's game. Since Shaw has been back from San Antonio going into yesterday, so not including yesterday, Shaw was hitting 267, one home run, one double, three RBIs, five strikeouts, but five walks, a one to one ratio right there, getting on base at a 450 clip, that's good, 533 slugging percentage, that's all right, and a 983 OPS, that's pretty darn good. Those are good numbers. They're not great numbers, they're not fantastic numbers, they're not all-star caliber numbers, but they're good numbers. If he can stay on that kind of clip moving forward, I am very comfortable with Travis Shaw being in the lineup. Again, small sample size, but all we can do is go with what's happened so far. So a Travis Shaw resurgence does seem to be happening, but we'll see what happens. Then I want to get into the bullpen reliability. All of a sudden, it really feels like the Brewers' bullpen has a number of guys that you can really count on. We know about Josh Hader. We know about Jeremy Jeffress. We've talked about Junior Guerra a fair amount this year. But there's other individuals who are continuing to pitch well. I like the work, for the most part, that Matt Albers has given. He's not going to be that guy who's going to get you a save in the ninth inning of a, of a one-run game when everybody's uh, you know rested and healthy and, and so forth. But Albers has done a nice job. But more importantly than Matt Albers is what we have seen from Adrian Hauser. Hauser pitched in yesterday's game, and he threw the final two innings, giving up just one hit. And you look at what he has done since the middle of May. So starting with the game on May 16th, he has given up one total run in that period. It is, uh, it's pretty incredible to see what he is doing right now as uh, he has really, really, really come along and he has moved from somebody who you kind of thought of as a long reliever out of the bullpen and now all of a sudden he's a lot more than that. He has given up one run, no 
earned runs over the course of his last eight games, and that covers 15 innings. Adrian Hauser right now is absolutely becoming a big, big part of this bullpen. Three down for this week, Jesus Aguilar. He just can't get it going. He is not hitting well, 195 average. There was a game this past week that in the uh, post-game press conference, Craig Council really lamented the fact that he had some pitches to hit and just could not uh, get a hold of them. And the issue at first base remains an issue. In fact, we're going to talk about that in our next segment. Freddie Peralta, inconsistency continues to define his Brewers tenure. He can look as good as any pitcher in the rotation, almost as good as any pitcher in baseball one day, and then the next day has a hard time even throwing five innings. Uh, Definitely not going in the right direction. And then the Cubs, they are playing okay baseball. They were on a bit of a losing streak, but they are proving that they are a good baseball team, and it's going to be quite the battle this year between the Brewers and the Cubs. And I still think uh, the Cardinals can probably make a little bit of noise as well. But even though the Brewers do sit in first place, alone in first place with a half-game lead over the Cubs, I think it's clear to say right now that uh, this is going to be a battle all the way down to the end of the season. That is this week's three up, three down. What's the answer at first base? Do the Brewers have enough firepower on this roster to be able to uh, get enough production for first base that everything will uh, work out? We'll talk about that next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Rolling on here on a Thursday. If you want to join us, 414-799-1620. That's the Yankee Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brewers are still not getting the production at first base that they would like to get. They're not getting the production that they got in the first half of last season when Jesus Aguilar had an MVP caliber first half of the season. And even the second half of last season, I know Aguilar fell off in the second half of last year after the All-Star break, but you look at his numbers, he was still hitting for power, he was still making contact, there were still some things there. Aguilar just cannot get it going. He's hitting 195, he's slugging 305, he has 43 strikeouts in 154 at-bats, so he's striking out about one out of every three at-bats. When he's hitting home runs, you can deal with the strikeouts. When he's not hitting home runs, he has four, you can't deal with those strikeouts. We have to give credit where credit is deserved. Eric Thames has done a nice job this year. He's hitting 253. That's not fantastic. But when you look at some of the other numbers, nine home runs, not bad. You'll take it. 27 RBIs. Maybe you'd like a few more RBIs, but he didn't get that many opportunities early on. I'll take that. And then the numbers that you really appreciate from Eric Thames, 379 on base, so he's getting on base, and then an OPS at 865. So those are good numbers, not great numbers, not the production you were expecting to get at first base. The question remains, does this Brewers roster, the way it is constructed at this very moment, the 25 men who are on this roster right now, basically in the roles that they are in, does it have enough to create enough production from first base my job is to have answers i don't have an answer to that question that's kind of why i'm discussing it because we really don't know i like what eric thames is doing i think the brewers have done a really really good job at putting thames in positions to succeed had a big game last night two hits against justin ver verlander had a hall of fame night last night 
That was as good as Verlander generally is with the 15 strikeouts. Man, his stuff was moving. And he gave up those two early home runs, and then he settled in. With all due respect to the home runs that Ryan Braun and Yasmani Grandal hit yesterday, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but Eric Thames' home run was more impressive because he hit it against Verlander when Verlander was just rolling. He's done a nice job. But I think the Brewers have done an even better job of making sure to put Thames in positions to succeed. And the more that Aguilar struggles, the more that Thames has to play, I at times am worried that he's not going to continue to produce those numbers. Now, that being said, all you can do is continue to play him and see if those numbers do continue to hold up. And if they do, well, then you're in really good shape. I think Travis Shaw still plays into the first base conversation. Keston Hira is out there. In fact, I've already got a text message out there that says, bring Hira back, please and thank you. I don't know what... My big thing with Keston Hira continues to be, what's the other move? What do you do to get Keston Hira back? I don't think they're willing to move on from Jesus Aguilar yet, but if at some point they do, that's... That's probably the path. I get the sense, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I get the sense that there's probably more confidence that Travis Shaw is going to be able to turn it around than Jesus Aguilar. Neither of them, from an overall standpoint, are performing at the level you want them to perform at. Aguilar's at 195, Travis Shaw's at 167. Again, I'm going to judge Shaw moving forward in his numbers since the call-up not so much his overall numbers over the course of the season. And since he's been brought back off the injured list, but that uh, that stint on the injured list also served as kind of a, a reset at the minor league level. Since he was gone and back, he's put up better numbers. There's a lot of people out there clamoring for the Brewers to make a move to acquire a first baseman. And then there's also people out there that are clamoring for Keston Hira to come back and for first base to be the position that takes the hit as a result of Keston Hira coming back. And what I mean by that is somebody not being on the 25-man roster anymore who's a first baseman, whether that is uh, a Jesus Aguilar. And I guess you can throw Travis Shaw in there as well. I'm not to that point yet. And I really think what happens maybe in the next two weeks with Travis Shaw is going to be a really, really big deal. Same thing with Aguilar. If Aguilar can just turn it around, everything's good. I have a little bit less confidence that Aguilar is going to be the guy to turn it around. I have more confidence in Travis Shaw. If Shaw can get it going, I gave his numbers earlier. His numbers since returning are, at the very least, respectable numbers. If he does that, that's your path to... Uh, first base continuing to give you some production. you got to figure out second base then. You'd think probably Moustakis would end up at third, and then that's where Keston Hero walks through the door. But all that being said, a lot of this is dependent right now on Travis Shaw coming up and uh, increasing his production, and that can help out the first base position. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me as well at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on. We are going to have our first edition of Going Deep coming up in just a few minutes. Interesting story that maybe you care or don't care about. When I was doing college radio back in the day, I did a weekly 
sports talk show, and I called it Going Deep. So I get to return to uh, to that for at least for a uh, segment as uh, Going Deep is going to come up in uh, just a few minutes. We're going to discuss the starting rotation. Seven guys right now, five spots. And we'll look at the pluses and negatives of all of them and why they should or should not be in the rotation. Obviously, with a couple, two, three guys, there's going to be clearly more positives than negatives. Maybe, in fact, uh, no negatives to even get into. I, I feel like we spend a lot of time focusing on how the team can get better. Right? Like, I just did an entire segment on first base and the production that you want to get at first base because the production isn't good. I opened up the show, as I will every week, with the three up, three down. Three things that are trending in the right direction, three things that are trending in the wrong direction. Well, there's an inference there that i got to find three things that are trending in the wrong direction. We are, and this is as much my fault as anything, but we are sitting here saying, okay, let's look at the three good things and the three bad things from the past week. We'll always be able to find three good things and three bad things, but by doing that and making it equal, sometimes there's this feeling that, okay, there's just as much good stuff going on as there is bad stuff, or maybe the better way to say that is there's just as much bad stuff as good stuff going on. That's not the case with this team, and I feel like I have to keep pounding this in over and over and over. This is a very, very, very good baseball team. And they are playing some of the best baseball in the National League right now. The Brewers are 10 games over 500 at 39 and 29. They have the third best record in the National League, and they are only a half game back of the Braves for the second best record in the National League. The Dodgers are the only team in the National League that have clearly outplayed the Brewers. Now, you can sit here and say, well, the Braves are a half game better than the Brewers. I don't think the Braves have played the schedule that the Brewers have played. National League East stinks. The National League East is not a good division. That is going to be the easiest easiest division to win. You do not have to be as good of a team to win the National League East as you do to win just about any other division in baseball, probably with the exception of the American League Central, which also stinks. The National League East, you have two, I think, good teams in the Braves and the Phillies. And then you have three bad teams in the Mets, the Nationals, and the Marlins. Now, we can argue what level of bad those three teams are at, but none of them are 500. We can start with that. Three teams that are not 500. If you are not a 500 team, I think it's hard to argue that you are a good team, especially if there's not some type of extenuating circumstance that has led to a below 500 record You know, injuries where you can say, look, team gets healthy, they're going to go on a run. They're still a good team. I don't feel that way about the Mets. I don't feel that way about the Nationals. I don't feel that way about the Marlins. So, yeah, the Brewers might have the third best record in the National League, but the Brewers are a better team to me than the Atlanta Braves. And I say this as the Braves have won seven straight games and are 8-2 and two in their last ten. I just I don't believe in the Braves. I believe in the future of the Braves. They've got a lot of really good young players. When you look at the Ozzie Albies, 
the Ronald Acuna Juniors, the Mike Sorokas. Those guys are good. And that Braves team is going to be good. And maybe by the end of this season, maybe this is going to be a different conversation when we get into August and September. Those guys are going to be, you know, that's going to be a legit good team as those guys continue to get better and better and better. But for me right now, I still don't believe in the Braves. So the point of all this is the Brewers are really good. The Brewers, a legit World Series contending kind of team. The Dodgers are clearly the, the favorite in the National League. They're, they're the best. I think they're the best by a far margin. But you get to that second group of teams, and the Brewers are right there. And I have a hard, I have a hard time sitting here saying any team other than the Dodgers in the National League are better than the Brewers. All right, we are going to uh, go deep. Looking at the starting rotation, seven guys, five spots. How do we break this thing down? We'll do that next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Something else new that we're doing here on Brewers Weekly. We're going to do it every week. We're going to go deep. We'll all take a certain topic and try to uh, break it down as best as I can. So two new segments every week, three up, three down, to start the program. Going deep generally here, unless we've got an interview that we have to uh, schedule at this spot. We don't have that today. So this week, as we unveil this brand new segment want to get into the starting rotation because look there's people out there who want the brewers to go acquire a starting pitcher that moved into the forefront this week when dallas keichel was signed by the atlanta braves and not i'm not claiming that a dallas keichel wouldn't make the brewers better especially if he's the dallas keichel of old which i'm not convinced he's going to be i think he's going to be more of a a four starter kind of guy for the braves but we'll, we'll wait and see how that plays out Right now, and I'm going to go through these guys based off the number of games that they have started this year for the Brewers. Here are the seven guys, when healthy, are part of the starting rotation or have been part of the starting rotation. Brandon Woodruff, Zach Davies, Yolish Chassin, Freddie Peralta, Chase Anderson, Gio Gonzalez, and Jimmy Nelson. Again, I am ordering them based off number of starts that they have this year for the Brewers. I th- I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the first two guys. It's clear that they're in the rotation. It's clear that they're really good. It's clear that we don't need to have discussion about them. Brandon Woodruff, Zach Davies, they're in the rotation. There is no chance that either of those guys lose their jobs. They are clearly the top two guys in the rotation. And the only question would be, if the playoffs were starting tomorrow, who would be your Game 1 starter and who would be your Game 2 starter? Not much discussion beyond that. So let's go to the next five guys that fill three spots. A couple of them are injured, but they'll be back soon. Yolish Chassin, technically on the injured list right now. He is going to be activated off the injured list, and he is going to start this weekend as they're out in California. Chassin so far this year has not been the same Yolish Chassin that he was last year. Now, I argue, I argue that his numbers don't completely tell the story of how he's pitched this year. I feel like the numbers make it seem like he's pitched a little bit worse than he actually has. His last time out before going on the injured list, not good. He gave up seven runs in two and two-thirds innings. But when you break down the rest of his games, 
he had only given up more than four runs on one occasion, and he had only given up more than three runs on three occasions. The problem is, you give up four runs in five innings, you give up four runs in four innings like he did one game, that's not, that's not a great job. So we can sit here and say, oh, I just gave up four runs, that's not the worst thing in the world, and that's true. But when you, when you start to put in four runs or three runs, giving up in, in five innings over and over and over again, the ERA doesn't look great. He's at 5.74. He's close to a six ERA. That's not good. He is going to be given, you know, we've talked about this with Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw is going to be given the opportunity to work through his swing issues at the big league level because he has earned it. Yolish Chassin is going to be given the opportunity to work through whatever issues he might have, and he's going to have that opportunity in the rotation when he is healthy. I think him going on the injured list was probably good, just a chance to kind of reset and we'll see what he looks like coming up this weekend. But to me, it's still a no-brainer that Chassin remains in the rotation. So that's three of your spots. Freddy Peralta has the fourth most starts of anybody on the team. It's kind of funny when you say that. You feel like other guys have had more starts, but they haven't. Peralta, to me, I, I would I'd take him out of the rotation. And if you hear me, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth here because I am an advocate for young pitchers being given an opportunity to have that roller coaster type uh, season and be able to keep a job because eventually you'll come around. But the roller coaster for me has just gotten too extreme with Peralta, where he looks so good one day, not so good the other day. For a team that is contending the way the Brewers are contending, I think you need more consistency, just a little bit more consistency from Peralta. Does that come? Part of his issue is he's a two-pitch pitcher, and sometimes he loses faith in his curveball, or sometimes he doesn't have a feel for his curveball. Every pitcher has gone out onto the mound and not had full control of one of their pitches. That happens sometimes. When that happens, he can throw a really good fastball, and a hitter can just be sitting on it. And I feel like that's what we saw a bit in the most recent start, where fastballs had good velocity. At times he was locating the pitches, but good pitches were being hit because hitters were able to sit on them. So Peralta, for me, out of the rotation. And I I don't think he's going to make the next start. The question is, does he go to the bullpen or does he go to AAA? I like what Chase Anderson has done this year. I think uh, him starting in the bullpen and his ability to do as good of a job as he could out there and then come into the rotation. And really, since he's been starting since the end of April, he's only had one game where you looked at it and you went, and that was that game against Miami where he gives up uh, the three home runs. He had some games early on where he didn't make it out of the fifth inning. Clearly, that's not preferable. But overall, Chase Anderson has pitched well. And uh, he's generally given up two, three runs a game. I like what Chase Anderson is giving. I feel like there's some consistency there. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll circle back to him in a second because I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's one of the five because Gio Gonzalez, he's currently injured. 
if Gonzalez is healthy, he's in the rotation. They didn't sign him to put him in the bullpen. They didn't sign him for him not to pitch. He's still a ways away from returning, trying to get that strength back up in the arm. But when Gio is healthy, it's a no-brainer that he's in the rotation. And then you have Jimmy Nelson. And it kind of comes down to Nelson and Anderson. And it's a really tough spot that the team is in right now when it comes to Nelson because he has been rehabbing the better part of the last 21, 22 months. And he's you don't know what to get out of him. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know what he's going to look like from one game to the next. In his first start, he only makes it three innings. I think it's safe to say we're going to see more from that, more from him moving forward. But it's you're you're juggling two things with Jimmy Nelson right now. You're wanting him to produce, but you're also needing him to pitch so he can regain the form of old Jimmy Nelson. And I don't know, we may never see old Jimmy Nelson again. We may not see Jimmy Nelson of that we remember before he got injured until next season. That injury he's coming back from is a really, really tough injury to come back from. I think they leave him in the starting rotation. I think all he's got to do is go out and be respectable. They've, put, they've invested way too much in him for him not to take the ball every fifth day. But there is... This is a dynamic piece of this team right now that is tough to deal with and tough to handle and tough to kind of navigate because we talked about the inconsistencies with Freddie Peralta. It is very possible that we are going to see inconsistencies with Jimmy Nelson, and that's okay. When I say it about Freddie Peralta, I kind of say it with a a negative inference. I'm not trying to have that negative inference on Nelson. What he's coming back from, it's incredible that he's been able to come back from what he's coming back from and that shoulder issue. That could have ended his career. It is remarkable. But now we're in that weird, funky period where he's not all the way back, but you also have to pitch him. And that's something that this team, a team that has a half-game lead in the division, and all indications are that it's going to be quite the race in the division to the end of the year. It's it's something that they're going to need to navigate through moving forward. That is this week's edition of Going Deep. When we come back, have the Brewers taken advantage of a flawed competitive system in baseball? I think they have. I'll explain next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers off tonight, back at it tomorrow as they head to, or actually they're in San Francisco. They'll open up a three-game series against San Francisco tomorrow night. 414-799-1620. It's the Ankinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. One things I really appreciate about the Brewers, look, they are as good as any team in baseball at looking at the current trends and going with that flow, whether it's shifting whether it's launch angle, you know, all these tag words that you hear in today's baseball. The Brewers are very, very, very good at that. Here's what the Brewers are also really good at. Going completely 180 degrees in the other direction of all that stuff and finding a way to make it work. And a great example of that, Zach Davies. Zach Davies is someone who doesn't throw hard. He's not big. 
And quite honestly, if Zach Davies is entering the baseball first-year player draft right now with that makeup, there's no guarantee he's getting selected. He's everything that baseball is kind of going away from right now in terms of pitching. And Davies has one of the best ERAs in the National League. So clearly, what he's doing works. There is still a place in baseball for pitchers who don't throw hard, who get outs in different kind of ways. And that's that's okay. And what we saw in the baseball first-year player draft that just got done this past week, the Brewers selected a fair amount of kind of soft tossers, for lack of a better term. And I look at that and I say, okay, baseball as a whole is moving away from this profile of pitcher. So what do the Brewers say? We're going to find the best of the best in this profile, and we're going to get really good value selecting these guys because we know they're going to be on the board for a while so we can select them later in the draft, and we're going to have the best soft tossers that are out there are going to be drafted by the Brewers. So I think they're very good at not just going with all the trends, which they do, but also seeing the areas that are not being scouted, not whatever it might be, and, and finding a way to take advantage of that. Take advantage. That's, that's the phrase that I would use here. Brewers taking advantage of the climate. We saw that this past offseason. Right now, the middle class in baseball is going away. The top stars get big, big, big-time money, and young players are being given more opportunities. That seven-year major league pro, who's just, his, you know, his best year is just not, not quite an all-star year. That guy's being marginalized. How much money he's being paid, uh, the opportunities that he's being given, the teams that are interested in him, that's going away. It has a lot to do with, as baseball teams decide to rebuild, they have basically said, okay, we're just not going to win for a while. We're going to go a couple couple years, not win, and we'll be fine, and we'll win in a few years. Look what the Houston Astros did. Brewers never did that, by the way. They had some lean years, but they were never non-competitive. Even that first full year of Craig Council, the first year of David Stearns, they, they were a competitive team. They didn't just... They didn't pack it in. They didn't spend a ton of money, but they didn't just pack it in the way some teams are doing right now. And what that has resulted with is more darn good players being available on the free agent market. And the Brewers took advantage of that in a big way. They went and made deals in the offseason to bring back a Mike Moustakis and to bring in a Yasmani Grandal. What are their numbers? What do they look like? We talked about earlier, Moustakis, one of the best middle infielders in baseball, 278 average, 21 home runs, 45 RBIs, a 943 OPS. Yasmani Grandal, what has he done so far? How about a 283 average, 15 home runs, 37 RBIs, a 937 OPS. Big-time production from guys who are on one-year deals. Brewers are willing to spend money. They, uh, Mark Atanasio sometimes will say they, you know, they outpunch their weight. 
I think they do that. I, I have no problem with the money the Brewers spend. I think it's a I, they have stretched their payroll. I have no reason to believe that they're not going to stretch it even more, making some deals before the season gets done. But in a baseball climate where a lot of teams out there are not giving the money, the multi-year contracts to really good veteran players like a Mike Moustakis, like a Yasmani Grandal, the Brewers can sit there and say, okay, let's take advantage of this situation and let's bring these guys in. Now, the overall situation I don't think is good for baseball. they got to get this figured out. they got to get teams to not tank. That's a, that's a problem in baseball. But that's not the Brewers' problem. That's a baseball problem. And all the Brewers can do is try to take advantage of the climate that they exist in, and they absolutely have done that, and it's helping them win games with a couple players who might be playing in the All-Star game this year. We'll wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly. We'll do that next on WTMJ. Continuing on with Brewers Weekly, just a couple minutes left in the program, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. John in Plymouth texting in. Sad but true. The Brewers would be a better team if Jesus Aguilar were to land on the injured list. Keston Hira is the real deal. Jesus's decline began right after he made the All-Star team. I, you can't argue with a part of that text message. You can't argue with the fact that right now you get the sense that Keston Hira would outperform Jesus Aguilar. The Brewers are still hopeful that Aguilar fight again. And the Brewers are not a team. The Brewers have been successful in part because they don't just let assets walk away. They don't just give them away for nothing. And it takes a lot. Now, if Aguilar, if he's hitting 195 a month from now, it becomes a very interesting situation for the team. Uh, But they're hopeful. I don't know if they're confident, but they're hopeful that he can find his swing. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But the hope that he can find his swing, certainly a reason to keep him around at least for a while. Brewers baseball tomorrow night. They open a series at San Francisco. The news in one minute on WTMJ.